Chapter 100 Al-Adiyat The Chargers By the Panting Chargers The chapter begins with the letter Waw to signify the taking of a solemn oath on a galloping horse. The following four verses all begin their oaths with the particle fa to indicate that they are a corollary and a consequence of the first oath. The root word from which adia is derived generally connotes a fast-moving object, such as cars or horses competing in a race. In ancient times, horses were so important that victory or loss on the battlefield depended upon them. Tabh denotes a heavily breathing animal, like a panting dog or a sweating horse, after they have run at top speed for some time. And the fire strikers sparking fire with their hooves as they run. Qadh means striking two things, such as pieces of hard rocks to produce sparks or a charging horse's pounding hooves, which produce flying sparks. Today, car manufacturers demonstrate a car's top speed by having fire shoot out of its exhaust pipes. So then, this oath refers to fast movements that cause sparks. This is the first corollary. And the raiders at dawn. Murira means anything that instigates a transformation. In the past, the cavalry would start raiding at dawn, under the cover of darkness, while the enemy was still asleep. This surprise by night tactic meant that dawn was the time for attacking, pillaging and plundering. This is the second corollary. Raising a cloud of dust. Athar means having turned something upside down, as is the case with a revolution. Thawra. Naqa means the ground from which a charging horse's pounding hooves raise clouds of dust, as is the case with cars racing on a dirt road. These descriptions draw an image of an event that will soon occur, which is alluded to in the next verse. Penetrating into the heart of the enemy camp altogether. The majority of exegetes, both past and present, believe that God is taking an oath to the warriors' horses because after their morning prayers, the Muslims would launch a preemptive strike against a tribe they had heard was planning to attack them. In other words, they decided to act as soon as they learned of the enemy's hostile intent. By plunging into the midst of the enemy camp late at night or in the early morning, they would capture various valuables as part of the spoils of war. However, there were few horses in the Arabian Peninsula at the time. For example, at the Battle of Badr, the Muslims had only one or two horses. Arabs generally rode camels on the battlefield, but even these animals were few in number. Camels were primarily used during the pilgrimage to move from one ritual station to another. Moreover, they are not known for their speed and their pounding hooves do not produce sparks. In reality, exegetes have a different understanding of the imagery that these verses evoke and the message they convey. There is always a correlation and a symmetrical relationship between such oaths and the succeeding message. One would expect that an oath taken in the name of a warrior's horse would be followed by a complimentary and praiseworthy message. But this is not the case here, 
because the message is quite negative. Here are the responses to the oaths. Truly, the human being, who is steadfast and highly motivated in raiding, is ungrateful to his Lord, as exemplified in his lack of motivation to undertake spiritual endeavors and community service. Inna, which means certainly and without a doubt, assures the audience that what is stated is nothing but the truth. Indeed, human beings are kanud, with respect to their Lord. Kanud is so hard to translate that most linguists have been unable to determine its precise meaning. As a result, both they and the exegetes have assigned it multiple meanings, among them an ungrateful person, and uncaring. Arabic has, just like any other language, imported foreign words. It appears that this meaning is both correct and appropriate here, as it can be translated to mean that humans exhibit great speed and vigor in regard to worldly matters, but are slow and lethargic in matters that pertain to their Lord. Surely he is a witness to this fact by his deeds. Once again, Lam and Inna precede the verse to indicate its importance. Humans are well aware of this fact, for they are witnesses to their own actions and are intimately aware of their own worldviews. They have testified repeatedly to their persistent struggles to attain as much personal benefit as possible, as well as to their slow, weak, feeble and unmotivated efforts to serve others, be generous, make personal sacrifices to promote divine goals, or internalize and then act upon the truth and is indeed excessive in the love of wealth or horses. This verse, like the two preceding ones, starts with Lam and Inna for emphasis. Humans pursue their own khair, good, aggressively and resolutely. However, when used in the Quran, it can also mean horse. Regardless of how we translate khair, the good, points to material as opposed to spiritual well-being. The first five verses state a reality, out of which the first three verses evoke an image of an event found in the next two verses, four and five. The next three verses, six to eight, then present a negative outcome, which is the general tenor of the whole chapter. However, the last three verses of the chapter have a different tone. Does he not know that when the contents of the graves burst forth? Do humans not realize that one day all that is in the graves will be revealed? Take note that in this verse, grave does not carry the conventional meaning. Many people die, but not all are buried in a grave. Some drown, are cremated, or eaten by wild animals. Being buried alludes to their post-mortem state, when humans are covered and concealed. In other words, dead persons are buried in the grave of nature. Their cells dissolve and commingle with other material. Over time, the erosion of soil and other natural factors remove all traces of what was interned in the grave. And what is hidden in the breasts is revealed. Do they also not know that one day humans will emerge from nature's hidden places and that the secrets concealed in their hearts will be manifested? One day, 
they will reap all that they had sown while alive, and each one of us will realize the fruits of our efforts on the basis of how we utilize the soil, oxygen, and the sun's energy to produce our fruit. In other words, all of the processes that occur in nature. On that day, we will know the true value of our life. What is hidden in their breasts or hearts is an allegorical way of referring to a person's positive and negative attributes. Love, compassion, hope, faith, arrogance, jealousy, and envy. When these become apparent, only then will we realize what we have sent ahead for our future life and our future destiny. Your Lord will indeed be fully aware of them on that day. Your Lord, who is sovereign, is surely, inna, fully aware of your deeds, regardless of their scope or complexity or lack thereof. All people are aware of their overriding desire to acquire material wealth and their apathy when it comes to promoting divine goals. Why do they intentionally disregard the fact that the omniscient, Al-Khabir, will one day reveal the consequences of their actions? Indeed, we are like lazy, self-absorbed students who do not want to be reminded that the day of the final exam is approaching. Their grades will reveal how much they have studied and understood. However, even before grading the exams, the teachers will have a good idea of what their scores will be. Likewise, we purposely do not wish to become aware of the truth and change our course.